Hey, music lovers, the Cannamom Show podcast in collaboration with Lambkin Guitars is giving away a custom-built, one-of-a-kind electric guitar built by Josh Lampkin. The solid one-piece hemp wood body includes a built-in glass bowl piece. Yeah, you heard me right. You can take a hit and then play a lick. Now's your chance to help the Cannamom Show crush cannabis stigma with your entry. Register for the Hemp Guitar Giveaway online at lampkinguitars.com. That's L-A-M-K-I-N guitars.com. The drawing will be part of a 420 celebration at the Goods Dispensary in Somerville, Massachusetts, where the guitar is on display for the month of April. But don't worry, you don't have to live in Mass or be present to win. Visit LampkinGuitars.com to scope out the Hemp Guitar giveaway details and entry form. You'll even find a video of what could be your guitar in action. L-A-M-K-I-N-Guitars.com Welcome, everybody. This is going to be a webinar about your conditional business license uh, in the state of New Jersey, and you want to get into the cannabis industry. Uh, my name is Tom Howard. You can find me at Tom at CollateralBase.com. That's my email address. The name of the firm that I work for is Collateral Base. They're sponsoring this. Shout out to them. Uh, we're going to go over in deep detail your conditional application today. In a couple days, the state will begin a rolling basis of uh, accepting uh, three of their license types. They've called them in classes and class one is cultivation, class two is processing, and I believe class six, four, I'm not sure what the testing class is. Maybe the testing class doesn't have one. That will also be open uh, for business on Wednesday the 15th. For the first two classes, if you want to have the right priority, you're going to need to apply in a conditional fashion. We're going to go over that. Um, interestingly enough, though, I want to give a shout out to HeddyNJ.com as they have profiled the most recent winner. And so the thing that I want to start with is some film. And by that, I mean, like, what are you doing? Well, we're, we're going to study other winners so that we can model our team based on things that have already won. And that's what we're going to go over in our uh, plan that we have. We have two plans. There's your compliance plan, 20 pages. There's your business plan. 20 pages. It's for cultivation. It's for a micro. And the reason for has to do all with priority, which we're going to get to in a moment. But first, I wanted to go over the most recent winner so that you can say, is my team like this? Who might I need to go get? So this is a Valley Wellness. It was the top NJCRC pick for a New Jersey dispensary license. And there's the team. It's not a very large team. Your team doesn't need to be very large either. But it, she is a lawyer 
educator and businesswoman, Sarah Trent, and her Middle Valley Partners was the NJ Cannabis Regulatory Commission's top pick for the uh, New Jersey Medical Cannabis Dispensary Licenses. They just handed out 30 of them. She has been working on this for 29 months. That's when they applied back in 2019. And if New Jersey is anything like Illinois, they're going to blame COVID for some of those delays. However, we can go over what we saw in Illinois in their adult use uh, social equity round and apply those principles to what might be happening in New Jersey. But still, this gives you some perspective as to what the regulate, regulators were looking for. Let's go over a team. So uh, she noted that on the application, Tim Wiggins played an integral role. He is now senior director of New Jersey's operations for Acreage Holdings. Wow. Uh, she had a written application. She hired an application writer. We're going to go over how to write applications in this webinar. Brian Blumenthal and a consultant, Brian Staffa, and her attorney, Seth Tipton, which is a different Seth Tipton than Tim Wiggins, who was also involved in helping her. She And then she said that she cold called 15 mayors. Uh, this is interesting in the sense that your ability to get this license may take longer than you are anticipating but also uh, might go in directions that you may not have foreseen. So she called 15 mayors to find out where her home community could be. You may have to start uh, doing very similar things, or you probably already have. But she said that she waited 29 months to hear about the results of the process. And then she's gone on to uh, take some, some training. You see a lot of training that's offered. But she was a lawyer, and I believe she was also a... She was also a teacher from what I want to recall from my previous read of this, but she had this huge team and she wasn't a slouch, you know, a lawyer, an educator and a businesswoman uh, was able to win this. Do you have a lawyer, an educator and a businesswoman on your team? Maybe it would be good for you to do so. And we're going to go over the priority chart here in just a moment. Yeah, I did think that she was a, you know, a public employee as well. You see that very often in um, uh, winners. Oh, there. No, that's Director Baker's Holdings. What was her thing? She's active in the State Bar Association's Cannabis Law Committee. Like I'm active in my State Bar Association's Cannabis Law Committee. It's what we do. Uh, and so it's one of those things that uh, when you see how other winners have been approached it, what are you learning from them? So go ahead and subscribe to like Hetty NJ. You'll probably see a few uh, new magazines pop up. Uh, and now I just wanted to briefly introduce you to myself. Maybe you know me, maybe you don't. Uh, Tom Howard, CannabisIndustryLawyer.com. If you have been asking questions about uh, your cannabis licenses hopes to the Internet, you probably came by this page and you probably have filled out this type form. Uh, the new thing we've launched there is our knowledge section. So you can go there and we have a new thing on New Jersey specifically for what we're going to be discussing. The New Jersey Cannabis Business Conditional License Application. Uh, you can find it there and get what we're offering beyond the curtain of this webinar. We're going to go over priority applications now. Uh, for example, I, I believe, am a 10B. Uh, yeah, I would be down here. All other applicants for annual license ordered by first in time that and then micro business. I can't do that. So I'm not even a 10A. I'm a 10B. Micro business must be 100 uh, percent New Jersey. And then there is the 1A, a social equity business ordered by first in time that have submitted a conditional license for a micro business. 
And so what we've created is a conditional license application for a micro business, a 1A. I, the only way a guy like me can get into New Jersey cannabis is if I partner with 1A and I play by the rules. And I could then have uh, financial source agreements and management agreements, which have to be compliant. It's not a really the, the biggest trick in, in regulated, highly regulated cannabis is that you just follow the rules. Uh, and then you have to have enough capital to be able to afford the rules. I mean, you saw the winner. She had three different lawyers and consultants working for her. And she was a lawyer. You know, um, what a team. <laughs> uh, hopefully you do have local counsel because local counsel will have a lot of membership interests in these licenses. I bet they will, especially if they partner with a 1A and that local council can't be a 1A. And just because you're uh, diversely owned or you're female owned or you're disabled veteran owned, that doesn't make you a 1A either. You can see here, it's right there. I'm going to pop myself out of here so we can focus more on the priority. I am, like I said, a 10B. 1A is who's going to get to the head of the line and always be processed first. So if you ever want to get into New Jersey, you should partner with a 1A. Otherwise, you may be in processing for a long time. Uh, I was at the Ganjie training. One poor soul had been in processing for a license for four years in California. You know, and if, if I try to apply as a 10B, uh, I'd be you know, not just retired, but like long dead until they do like, OK, now serving 10Bs. No, because if any 1A comes up, my license application doesn't move, right? Uh, the only people whose lines will actually move are probably going to be social equity businesses, first in time, that have a conditional license for a microbusiness. They're 1As. And you can say, oh, but I'm, I'm African-American owned and I, and I also am a female. Great. We've double stacked the 2As. Let me get back down into it. A 2A is the diversely owned. And diversely owned, of course, that means the uh, minority owned, the female owned, or uh, the disabled veteran owned. And then they still rank them as they rank the, all of them. So there's the A, the B, and the C. Submitted the conditional license application for a micro is the A. The B submitted conditional application for a standard. And then finally, the C have submitted a conditional license conversion application. So the conditional license conversion application is going to have to happen for either the standard or the micro. Now, why in the specifics of the actual um, cultivation license itself, would you want to go for the micro over the uh, regular conditional uh, for the standard? Because the standard conditional, if they are converted and issued very quickly, and I bet there are well-capitalized, well-lawyered, well-drafted applications for a 1A or a 1B uh, that are already ready to go. And then those are going to pursue the 37 cultivation licenses that aren't micros that uh, would also include the ATCs uh, and any uh, conditional that converts. So between now and 13 months from now, that 37 will be hit. I don't know how quickly that 37 will be hit. And here's why. Processings take time. Uh, I don't know if the 
procedure for the review that the regulators are going to employ will be similar to uh, Illinois, but they did mention that it's on a binary pass-fail. You have all the compliance, you don't have all the compliance points, uh, which means that if you have all the terms and conditions that are found in the regulations and the notice that will be going over here shortly, uh, in theory, it is perfect, and then it should be uh, issued. But sometimes that perfection uh, gets into softer skills and also financial ability and, of course, uh, a community preference. So all of those things can take some time to demonstrate uh, and document uh, and evidence. So uh, I would be very surprised if the commission doesn't use what they put in their notice and create a um, compliance drill, if you will, in the sense that you submit your application and it reviews it and then it says something's missing. And then depending on how much they want to help, they could say this specific thing is missing or they can couch it how Illinois did and say, here's a list of what's missing, A, B or C. Uh, and then you have to examine each element, even if it's there, uh, just to respond to the regulators so that you're sure that you're compliant. Uh, that probably um, will be happening as well. I mean, they made the uh, last round wait 29 months and lawsuits were just all over the place. Uh, I think that we're going to have similar things, but they will be trying to avoid it and hedge it through their um, uh, awarding process. So it's going to be really interesting to, to find out how this all rolls out. However, if 500 people apply in the next two weeks, uh, do you have any idea how long that's going to take to determine whether or not you have a complete compliant 40 page document? Uh, it will still take uh, quite a bit of time. And then if you're in order, great. Now you have the five month window uh, that you have to get everything else ready. Uh, and that takes more time because now the 40 pages aren't 40 pages anymore. You're going to have to draft the remainder 200 pages or something of compliant documentation so that your business is ready to go. Plus, you have to get the community on your side and you have to secure that real estate location through the use of financial source agreements and perhaps also master service agreements or managed service agreements, depending on if it, I also see them called mass, no, managed services and cultivation agreements, MSCAs, depends on which, which jurisdiction you're operating under. Uh, they all have to be approved by the regulator. Uh, and so that is going to take a while. That's one of the reasons why when I see the uh, 37 limit, it's like, okay, well, you might have everything else approved for your 10,000 square foot tier one. Uh, and, you know, you just can't get issued that license done for another 13 months. But it might take six to nine months. At, I mean, it was 29 months of license processing last time for the dispensaries. Uh, you think that 13 months isn't going to fly by that quick? Uh, it, it will. So you might as well apply however you want, but if you're going to apply as a one, that's the way to do it. Whether or not it's a 1A, super front of the line, doesn't count towards 37, or a 1B, still super front of the line, counts toward that 37 until February of 2023. Either way, you're definitely going to need a lawyer, and you're definitely probably going to need a diversely owned business, because then what happens if you have two social equities that tie, right? Two social equity 1As. Which one do you process first? Do you then look? Well, it's, it's first in time, purely, purely first in time. That's it. So they don't have to then go look at whether or not you're diversely owned. Uh, now, in theory, what if this could in, oh, really probably only happen the first moment that New Jersey says we're open? 
simultaneous submissions. And only in that instance uh, would you then maybe use the twos to do a tie. But you know they're going to be ranking uh, these uh, applicants even at the municipal level. So it still may be a great idea to priority stack. And they explain more of these priorities. And now we're into the twos, which, you know, again, it's a complicated thing that they have. And then after the twos, they have the impact zone businesses. Now into the threes. And then bonus points, whether or not they have um, gotten those because they have completed their en entire application. And then all other applicants for a conditional license. And then social equity applicants or in times that uh, have submitted an annual application for a micro or have submitted an annual application for a standard. You see how much they are prioritizing this concept of the conditional license. They're prioritizing the concept of the conditional license to such an extent that you go from one to six if you try to go for the annual license first. They may never process that annual license. So you should go for the conditional. It's also much more flexible because then you just have to identify your real estate. You just have to identify you go like that, that one, I want that one. Ideally, perfect world, get that one. Uh, and then if you can't secure it, they have a procedure for you to change your address. Uh, it, it, so there you go. I mean, like you don't have to have a lot of those real estate expenses tied up until after the conditional license has been awarded. And then also think about how more attractive as an investment that is for a, a, a liquidity partner that's out there that wants to get into the game, but is a 10B. You know, or, you know, here, here we are a six A if you're social equity for the annual and they're they're the conditional that income limitation on the conditional applies for the manager, but not for the non manager. So you might have a lot of silent, wealthy partners in the uh, conditional area until they don't have to be conditional anymore. Still, though. For 1A files, everybody stops and they go to the 1A and they do that. And then when those are off the plate and they get to the 2B, well, the 1Bs. And then when those are off the plate, they get to the 1Cs and then they get into the diversely. So um, how are they getting in, right? But that's the other thing. I can't give up 50% of my business. That's their method of thinking as opposed to, I'd love to make somebody rich. That's great. You know, uh, you are looking for an impact investor. ESG, sometimes they also call them. You can find that right impact investor for your liquidity's sake, give them a good return. Uh, it should, in theory, be a win-win. But, you know, business people, right? Okay. Uh, and and that that is the priority. I also wanted to go toward the recreational use license. This is where we can get links to the rules. And it does say that class, there is no class for the testing laboratory. So on Wednesday, there will be a button right here, and then you go into a web form, and you're applying. One of the things that you're going to need uh, will be spelled out on these 261 pages of regulations, which the commission used in preparing this much shorter 32-page uh, application notice, the Notice of Application Acceptance for Personal Use Cannabis Licenses. This is telling you what will be on the application prior to providing you the application. And that's one of the reasons why we knew how to be able to start drafting the business and regulatory plan. And then on Wednesday, when we see whatever's in there, uh, if it's any variance, 
then we can change accordingly. If it's in, if it's in conformity and consistent and kind of think it's going to be, uh, then we just have to tailor for the specificities of the particular team. Uh, and, and so that's kind of nice customizations. But this is uh, what they call the notice. And so you had to rely on the notice and then also the uh, regulations. So you relied on these 290 some odd pages of materials in order to understand what will be going into the application so that you could create a compliant and complete application to get that binary yes score. Because if you get the binary no score, it will kick out back to itself. And I believe they explain that in this one. So they're going to be, let me just zoom down in here. License applications will be reviewed on a rolling basis until indicated otherwise, priority. And micro businesses will be prioritized over standard businesses in every category. In the event that they will stop accepting, at least 30 days notice will be provided. And so if they say, hey guys, we gotta close, 30 days notice. And there's the specific February date. It's February 22nd of 2023 for the class one licensed cultivators. Uh, and then they say any expanded ETCs and conditional lower license holders that were approved to convert to full annual. That's it. Um, eligibility and limitations and general application provisions and the general application provisions. They tell you, like, how are you supposed to format these types of things here? You read the instructions and the instructions say there they are uh, eight and a half by eleven. And all costs with the preparation and submission of the applicant shall be the responsibility of the licensed applicant. Fingerprints from my review of their uh, forms of how much the things cost were actually kind of expensive, like a thousand bucks. And then they go over their QA priority and then they cover application priority again. It's essentially exactly the same thing. And then here's one applications from entities that meet criteria for more than one priority status. That in highest priority. For example, application from entity criteria is diversely owned and impact zone will be considered a diversely owned business for the purposes of application since diversely owned are higher priority than impact. You know, uh, And then if you are stacking your diversely priorities, you'll be given uh, a priority over someone. So here it is. Uh, that you really need to understand. And this is what I think the kickout methodology is that they described in Illinois. And here they, it is then me believing that they're describing it in New Jersey. After an application is received, assigned for a completeness review. And if deemed complete, assigned for scoring. Where an application exists in a higher priority group with 1A being the highest and 10B the lowest, the application will be assigned for completeness review and scoring before applications in a lower priority. So that they are going to give you a completeness review. Well, what happens if you bonk on the completeness review? I believe they're going to give you another chance to be uh, uh, considered. Once an application has been scored, if it is deemed eligible for consideration of final agency approval, it will be considered in accordance with the priority group 1A at the highest and 10B at the lowest. And let, well, interesting, testing will be a 1A. Uh, so this completeness review thing. I think this completeness review in interests of uh, lowering the barriers to entry for social equity applicants, uh, I believe that they're going to give them more than one bite of the apple uh, because they did. They gave them like six bites of the apple in Illinois. They rescored the app and they rescored the app and they rescored the app and they rescored it. And so, and so like basically everybody who applied made it into this huge lottery for the dispensaries. Um, and, and then they were awarded 
points. And so the points in New Jersey appear to be more simplistic, you know, all binary. Not all of Illinois' uh, score was all binary. Now in New Jersey, it's all binary. So they do a completeness review. And if you, you check, 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 you get it. In theory, you should be able to be awarded that conditional. And then the real work begins. Once you have that conditional, if you already have your FSA lined up, your financial sources agreement, and if need be, you have your master and your managed services agreement lined up. So you have a management company, a cannabis operator that can cultivate commercially or extract commercially or uh, uh, retail and, and provide your, your team with the necessary uh, training to get up and running by itself. Uh, those are all available. You know, they have limitations on the number of contracts that you can have. So like no one entity can have more than seven financial source agreements. That means that there's not going to necessarily be like a bank of the weed as a bank in theory would be limited to seven uh, loans. And then a management agreement can have five. So if you are managing one grow and two dispensaries, then you have three, you got two more. Where do you pick it? That's not that large. It means that there's a lot of opportunity for a lot of social equity applicants because uh, they'll be the ones that are reviewed first and nobody can get too huge if you're only allowed to be a financial source to seven teams or a manager of five. You know, good luck on that franchise opportunity. Anyway, um, these are the things that I reviewed when creating the, uh, app, the, the contents of the business plan and the compliance plan. So they have the mandatory uh, requirements, and hopefully you guys have studied this uh, instruction because it's very important. You are now being asked to do exactly what they ask you for. So uh, this is the conditional license real main hurdle that you have. The main hurdle on the conditional and why you would select it is to lower the barriers to entry of this cannabis market. How do you effectively do that? Here's one way. Proof that each owner of the conditional license applicant has with decision-making authority has for the immediately perceivable taxable year and adjusted gross income of no more than 200 or no more than 400 of filing jointly with another individual. Uh, and talk about reducing the barrier to entry there. Now, if you are a qualified purchaser or uh, uh, I guess, yeah, if you're more than an accredited investor, uh, $200,000 individually uh, a year, um, without the uh, asset requirement uh, and then also two preceding years. But still, if you're, yeah, so it's, it's more difficult to become accredited investors than it is to become a conditional license applicant. Uh, your team is going to need to be um, managed by regular people who make less than uh, $200,000 a year. However, that doesn't mean that your financial source, your silent partner, who maybe you create a manager-managed LLC and the social equity is the 51% manager of it. And the, the wealthy person is the 49% member of it, not, not a manager, you know, doesn't have any control, doesn't have any decision-making authority. Uh, that would be the method that you could use to get yourself all the way up to the 1B and uh, watch them go. I, I think that there are a lot of sensible, wealthy people that say, you know, a million dollars is still a lot of money. But we'll see. Uh, and we set up our, uh, our, our stuff for that exact thing. Uh, I, the only thing that we haven't done is like married the liquidity partner. So if you're a liquidity partner, great. Now, uh, I can tell you about some wonderful social equity people that have contacted our office and are looking to meet people just like you. Uh, and so that's how uh, a guy like me 
who would just be in the priority, 10B, uh, can go all the way up to a 1B. Uh, I can't do a micro because I don't live there, but I can do a conditional. Uh, if I'm just a member, I don't know, I'm not controlling the, the, the boat at all. Pay no attention to that person behind the clock. Uh, and so uh, there would be uh, a social equity business owner that uh, is reviewed first and then a silent partner or in the sense of a financial source, up to seven financial sources uh, that are helping those uh, social equity cannabis companies get stood up and get into the business. That's really the opportunity that New Jersey has presented. It's one of the most interesting, in my opinion, and most well-conceived and thought out uh, social equity applicants or applications or configurations of the regulation. I can't wait to see how it's going to turn out. Uh, I do think it's going to take a while. Like even, and the, okay, let's talk about Michigan. Before we get into the, uh, the contents of the business plans and all that, uh, Michigan has a rolling application period, okay? You can apply, you get pre-qualified first at the state level, and it's very similar to New Jersey, where you then have to go to the municipal level and get approval from your community to be able to uh, operate. Whether that hits into a lottery uh, because there's just too much demand for a limited number of licenses set at the municipal level, we'll see. Probably going to happen that way. Uh, anyway, uh, that makes it... Uh, Something that you could say, well, how long does this take? And you could just go, well, the regulators, if you apply right now, they might get to it in two to three months because that's how long it's, it's you know, they've, they've had it open for a while. Uh, people have just been submitting when they, when they get their team ready and together. Uh, and two to three months is about where they're at. And that's where New Jersey wants to get. But you're going to get a deluge of people applying. So it might, and New Jersey's is, is I believe, stat, uh, statutorily at 90 days or something like that. Uh, from my recollection of their webinar. And their webinar was great if you haven't checked it out. So uh, they'll be processing this stack and working it, you know, working it down to be hitting that 90 days. That may take six months, you know? And so maybe in like, if you apply now, you might not hear about a completeness review for three months, six months, 29 months is what that woman waited. Uh, our teams that won dispensary licenses in Illinois, uh, let's see, it was a, about 18, 19 months. You know, they applied in January of 19, no, January 1st of 2020 is when it was due, back in the before times. And here we are almost at, uh, you know, uh, 23 months later. So it wasn't as bad, wasn't as egregious. Uh, but it, it's still it's not done. You know, they've had their awards. They've had their lotteries, but they're still locked in litigation. So maybe it will be 29 months before it's all over. Uh, and we don't know if we're getting into one of these quagmires. So that's one of the reasons why these conditional licenses are great, because you don't have to lock up all the real estate and uh, sign all the checks and make all the money appear uh, until you've hit that conditional license. And that's when you need to get the full set of plans from a guy like me that can be like, here you go. This is the compliant. Let's sit down and go over this. You're going to need to understand how your cannabis company works. You're in charge of the day-to-day. -day. Like if you're the social equity applicant, you're going to need to know how this works. You're in charge of the day-to-day. -day. The passive guy, he, he will know how it works because he probably fronted the costs. Um, either way, 
I, I just wanted you guys to understand that you're getting this is a, a very exciting time in the journey. But uh, there's going to be frustrations between now and being awarded the license because you are a social equity applicant. OK, um, back into this. So I took these two things and then the, the real real application starts back on here because these are the scored measured. And, and so they explain how these things will be. For each measure, an applicant shall receive full points if they meet the requirements. If the applicant does not meet the requirements, they get no points, including a failure to provide any information that is indicated in this notice as required and provided. The applicant will receive no points for the response and the application will be rejected and returned to the license to cure the deficiencies and resubmit or if deemed not qualified, then just denied. And so you have to fill it out, turn it in, and then fill it out again. Isn't that great? Uh, so you might have to get kicked out several times. Um, they may just continue to process them. And so like having it as complete as can be uh, is very important, but you haven't had the state provide you with anything except for these next few pages that say that's complete. And so we use these next few pages to create completeness. Now, what does that mean? Uh, it means that you look at what they say on these and then you do that. Uh, here's one The shall include a full business plan, including a minimum, a description of, and then you have this list, description of the proposed business, value proposition for consumers, overview of proposed financing for business, product and pricing plan, market analysis, and complete profile of the management of the licensed applicant. So there's a lot of flexibility in there. And there's interesting uh, requirements that the business plan will have to comply with. Because if that business plan is going to say that you're going to do something in your, uh, in your plans that is in violation of those regulation requirements, the state, the commission, in theory, should reject you and kick you out. And then hopefully they say you violated this. Uh, they don't yet have a uh, template or they don't have their rubric yet that says these are all the requirements that go here. Uh, Illinois gave us one of those for one of their types of applications after 14 months or so. So they didn't even have it until after they started scoring it. See what I'm saying? So we'll see how this is going to be treated through the commission's way. But but there's there's that. Uh, and they just say 20 page max length. And then here with the regulatory compliance plan, overview of how the proposed cannabis business plans comply with the regulation for the license type sought. 20 pages. And, and then they have the points, you know, 40 points, 50 points, and then plan to obtain liability insurance, one brief point, you know, uh, get a quote and uh, have, a, have a correspondence from one of these uh, insurance brokers. They are out there and they'd say, yes, if you get this, we will be able to provide you with appropriate liability insurance signed our insurance company. Um, and if you do that, you get 100 points and then that unlocks you going to the conditional conversion method where you have to do the environmental plan. That's five points, the safety and security plan. That's 10 points. I'm sorry, 10 pages. And that safety and security plan, shout out there to um, Sapphire. I'm not sure what Sapphire's pricing is on that, but in Illinois, your plan needed to be 60 pages here. It needs to be 10. So not bad. Community impact, two pages, uh, workforce development, five pages, and then they give you a score. And you can see this in real time. See this? That says, note, 
December, November 30th, 2021. This is that this is cannabis happening to, with with you in real time. The regulators are understanding it as you're understanding it. You know, uh, I don't mean if that, that kind of shakes your confidence. It shouldn't. It means that you can tr try to help them be as compliant as possible. You know, that's that's really what you're trying to do. Uh, conditional uh, conversion license is not 200 points and has been corrected to 160 points, which is the total score required for an annual license. Uh, and then there's the annual license scored measures. Nobody should be drafting those. They should be drafting these conversion ones and, and putting them where appropriate. And you can see in these, they say SOPs for cultivation. And then they say subchapter 10 of NJAC. You see uh, SOPs for record keeping. And then they cite all these SOPs for dispensing. Cite all those. So, what do you think goes into your regulatory compliance plan? A lot of citations, and I think I'm going to change this because I, you call it the New Jersey Cannabis Regulatory, yeah, Regulatory Enforcement Assistance and Marketplace Modern Modernization Act, and I was calling it CREMA, and I have to do a Control F on that and change it to the Cream Act. New Jersey calls theirs the Cream Act. So, you know, cash rules everything around me, man. Uh, act, but that's really not what it is. New Jersey Cannabis Regulatory Enforcement Assistance Marketplace Modernization Act. Uh, and then the citation to that. And then our regulatory compliance overview. We're going to be complying with all of these things. These are the ones that we were particularly germane to the operations of the business, oper the operations of the licensed business entity. Not all of the regulations will be related to the operations of the, the business entity. Some will be actually on the commission. And so how does the commission supposed to be able to perform its job functions? Uh, and then some are complete prohibitions. For example, uh, we use subchapter 14 for advertising uh, thoroughly in our business plan. Thoroughly. Because your marketing strategy, before you have a marketing strategy, needs to be compliant with those adver advertising policies. You see? And... Um, and we also talk about, you know, it, it, you, this is how it, maybe you've I'm not sure if anybody. OK, they, we do have some comments coming in. And so if anybody has seen these uh, uh, before, like if they've bought any templates, if they've purchased any cannabis consulting product, you know, uh, you can see how it is dense. This doesn't this doesn't dance like a business plan. This is a compliance plan. I guess it shouldn't dance. But then the business plan doesn't look very much different. Uh, the business plan is going to do these bullet points. What did the business plan like specifically require? What did this business plan specifically require? And if you check in here, you'll see more gems because you go to the regulation chapters and subchapters that this final notice refers to, to be able to uh, get your see full business plan, including a minimum description of, and then of course, at minimum, a uh, description of the proposed business, value proposition, product placement plan, market analysis, and a complete profile of the management. So what do you, do? you start out with a description of the proposed business. We're a social equity business that's diversely owned. Oh, that'd be great, you know, to be a social equity business that's diversely owned. Uh, and then, you know, we, we talk about our business objectives, our municipal approval, our business model. I don't want to just be belaboring everything. This, this, this is your company, after all. And so what are your core beliefs? I mean, the, the stuff that traditionally goes into a business uh, plan, the business plan that you would be using to show investors is different than the business plan that you're using to show a, um, a regulator your compliance, you know? Yeah. 
Well, uh, there really aren't any questions right now uh, going on. So they did. Sabrina was watching and shout out to her. Um, so they put that back in there. Uh, we explain the value proposition of them. And then, of course, you know, you do a lot of citations to uh, the regulations that are there, but they didn't they didn't really have a lot of regulations. Uh, so the regulations that they had about the business plans, very often they would have to be about these management service agreements and financial service agreements. Now, I mean, I, I, I don't think you're going to need more than $2 million if you are doing a micro cultivation after a diligent review on it, uh, unless you're going to try to go for outdoor. But the outdoor may provide um, a, a not in my backyard effect that some places in New Jersey just aren't ready for. I still think it's an interesting one. Uh, so I went with... MSAs and FSAs. And then eventually, you know, you have your cash flow analysis about, and, and then the physical plant of it had to do, uh, it was a very interesting calculation for our revenue numbers for the physical plant restrictions that we had in there. Uh, and then our, our profits and loss forecasts. So we think that, you know, you're going to be able to turn about 3.5 million uh, if the prices are where they're at. Uh, and then hopefully, if you use this types of systems, you'll be able to keep about 2.5 million. So it's going to be about a 66% profit margin for the um, uh, for the cultivation operations. This is uh, now there's some more because that's that's business. You know, um, uh, your ability to uh, figure out pounds per light or, or grams per square foot and get the right type of um, configuration for your facility. That becomes more important as you look at the regulations for your environmental plans and stuff. You have to see it in like relation to those. But uh, the ones that we are using are shipping containers because they are module and you have a quality and also an IPM uh, limitation for them. So IPM, of course, is uh, you know, integrated pest management. And, and so if you have a crop failure, that crop failure would be limited to this 200 square feet pod. That's it. It can't get out. Plus, uh, finishing times for flowers. If we're trying to make Willie Nelson, that's not going to finish like Blue Dream. Uh, and and if, so those are business reasons, you know, that you would choose that. But this isn't a business reason. This is a compliance reason. So this is like something that I think they're looking for more than the business reason. You know, uh, your plans for banking, because they told you to get a bank. The IRC 280E mitigation plan, the FinCEN compliance plan, right? Your product and pricing plan. That was one of the things they required, wasn't it? And so like here, I don't want to say what your stock is going to be. So I'm like, guys, you know, say what you want. And then this is for cultivation. This is not for extraction. Uh, that would be a different one. And then propose, you know, you explain how, what the price is currently in the market, how much you think you're going to be able to make it for, how you can like watch out for your margin. And then we hit them with the advertising requirements because that, you know, like your plans for marketing your business, uh, meh, make sure that your plans for marketing the business first comply with that because it's a highly regulated industry. And they're also looking for people they can trust. You know, they, they awarded it to that one lady who was a lawyer, business plan and like public servant. I mean, she was a triple threat. Uh, so we focus on the things that are actually prohibited. We also focus on the areas of the uh, operational plans that would be germane to our uh, uh, license type in and of itself. So for our operating plan, like these were required. And then so was the market analysis. Now, I don't know the ex full extent of this. I, uh, I'm ready now to like start throwing this around to my other lawyers and for customizations 
for other teams so that we can, and again, this was, why is it kind of wherever you see, like there's a citation like that. Uh, when I was doing my Illinois plans, you know, like again, they, they rescored that application several times. They, they picked, they kicked it out and they kicked it out. And so one of the, and here it looks like they don't just kick it out. They're like, sorry, and you can reapply. And so if you're just always on that one, a train, great. And so you could just one, a train it until you have a perfect one and then start throwing into one B or, uh, one C. Oh, good water. Uh, and then you might be saying like, well, man, I want it. Where can I get this? That is when you can go back to our, uh, cannabis industry lawyer page. I'm going to be sharing that. Uh, this is our knowledge center. This is what I'm going to be putting my knowledge and I'll be able to have it available for sale and for curation because these, these right here are the beginnings of my licensed uh, application for a conditional uh, license in New Jersey, which will be perfect over the lifespan of the license for these particular pieces of documentation because it's good for 12 months. And then you can go to our New Jersey section right there and you come to the New Jersey Cannabis Business Conditional License Application page where you can see some more of me explaining the, um, the business plan and you can buy it from our, uh, our, the name of my tech company is Stumari LLC. And so Stumari LLC is handling the, the credit card processing on that because, well, Square has been cool, Stripe wasn't. Uh, more on that at the New Jersey Cannabis Business Conditional License Application uh, webpage. And with that, I'm gonna see if there's any questions from the 16 to 17 people that are watching. Uh, if they want to apply in New Jersey, I hope that I can help anybody. That's why I started with this saying like, guys, these aren't going to win it for you, but this will help you save a lot of time and you'll get a lot of information from them. So I'd love to help. If you want more than that, then we have an hourly arrangement where we help you um, and we write down our time, just more like a hybrid product here. We have our forms and then we get paid for our labor. All right, I'm going to take a small break, and this break is going to be brought to you by Collateral Base because it's, it's 20 past the hour somewhere. <sighs> okay, let's do some questions about the conditional process, if there are any. Okay. What would your fee for the conditional cultivation license? Uh, those, those pages right there, those are, they're, they're ready to go and get customized for your team. So for $7,500, you get those pages and also access to our mastermind that comes with six hours of my time. You could front load that time and have me uh, spend that time customizing and fixing uh, those. But after that, in six hours of time, Man, I ain't going to do it. I've been looking at this application. It's going to be long. Uh, and so I think that you'd probably have me spending uh, hundreds, not hundreds, dozens of hours, dozens uh, at $375 an hour. You know, uh, and then I'm trying to find my one A's or my one B's that I want to partner with and put together a hedge fund. So if you wanted me to put together a hedge fund for you so that you can, um, create your own portfolio of 1A and 1Bs where you have a financial source agreement with them, that's going to be like 35 grand. Uh, and it's just really, 
what aspects of the licenses do you want? Now that I've gotten these done, I'll have to get the other plans done based on what we have currently. So as I sell these conditional plans, I'll hire uh, some more team members and we'll put together the other plans and then we'll work with uh, our clients to ensure that they have a complete application at the highest priority possible. No. If the social equity partner doesn't work, the organization cannot be restructured. You would need to uh, come. You would need to find new social equity talent. In the sense, you might want to have multiple members with social equity classes to be able to protect uh, the management of the company. Uh, so, let's say that you have the fifty point one percent comprised of three social equity members, and those three social equity members have a deal. And so, if one of them if it doesn't go well with one of them, they're out and then you're still in compliance. But that's how it works. You always have to have the social equity percentage be protected. So if you always have to have the social equity percentage be protected, you're going to have to do some corporate planning. We can help you with the corporate planning. We do that all the time. No, you don't have to wait for your municipality to approve. You can start applying uh, and then you just need to identify property and have it be compliant before your condition for the purposes of your conditional to annual application. All right. So you have to have the, the real estate and the compliance and the municipal preference to be issued an annual license. So I you don't think that you need to wait, think that you need to put the right team together. Think that you, I mean, like that, that woman was triple threat. And so there are uh, social equity females that are diversely owned uh, and they, if you got a right partner for with liquidity for them, that would be the uh, financial source agreement. And then we could set it up with the uh, debt on top of it so that that gets paid off as well. Uh, that's my do it that way. I'm going to help people do it that way so that our companies can get into New Jersey. That's the only way that I think you get in. All right. Hopefully you all are going to apply. How many people think they're going to be applying in Jersey? If you are, drop it in the comments. We're going to be wrapping this up uh, pretty soon. I mean, thank you so much for tuning in to it. I hope that it was informative. You know, we're going to be sending out some email blasts that go to that, and uh, we'll be signing up some clients. <laughs> uh, regarding Ernie, uh, do you need to apply? Or are you helping me apply? Ernie may be a 1B, but I don't know if he is. You know, that's the interesting thing. Uh the, or the way that you are social equity has to do with a conviction. And so the records aren't all that great in certain jurisdictions where it may still come up on a background check, but does that qualify it as social equity? These are questions that will be answered by the regulators. And then that would be their final uh, administrative decision on the matter. Uh, and so you may have to appeal or you may have to have the laws uh, changed a particular way. For example, the social equity event in Illinois was an arrest, but only for an, uh, a, a, an event that was subject to um, expungement. And Illinois can only expunge its own arrests. So they self-dealt that way. New Jersey didn't self-deal, but New Jersey did say conviction. 
And so let's let's take a little bit of time before we wrap it up to really address the social equity thing, because the social equity thing, uh, whether you have it or you don't have it, uh, it, you know, it it makes scores of difference. So like the difference between being like a one A or a one B and a two A or a two B. Oof, you know, that one's going to be no, no. Like, were you arrested for cannabis? Let's go to what makes you a one A. That's if you're social equity. That's that's the. If you don't have it, you ain't getting it. Social equity business. Here we are. We'll go over it uh, briefly before we wrap up the webinar. I kind of regret that I didn't start with it, you know. Um, here it is. A social equity business meets a licensed applicant or holder that has more, uh, that it meets at least one criteria, more than 50% of the ownership, hence 50.1%. Uh, the license or license holder is held by one or more persons, hence the ability to have a social equity quotient or class of shares for your company uh, that demonstrate one of the following criteria. At the time the initial application is submitted, has lived in an economically disadvantaged area for five out of the preceding 10 years, and that's an also uh, at the time the initial application submitted based on preceding year's income, a member of the household that has a household income that is 80% or less of the average ho median household income in the state determined uh, annually by the U.S. Census, or this is in the alternative. So you either have to have both of these criteria or this criteria here. More than 50% of the ownership interest of the licensed applicant or license holder is held by one or more persons who are eligible to be pronounced rehabilitated in accordance with NJAC 1730-7.12 paren E, and that is uh, the background check for this particular, um, uh, you know, regulation on cannabis. And so you have to, everybody has to go through a background check. And have not been adjudicated delinquent for or convicted of, whether expunged or not, uh, in this state, another state, or the federal government. And have been adjudicated del delinquent for, uh, convicted of, whether expunged or not, in this state, another state, where the federal government, one, at least two marijuana or hashish-related disorderly persons offenses, or two, at least one marijuana or hashish-related indictable offense. And as a result, we have to understand what adjudicated delinquent means and uh, disorderly persons means. So from those, uh, that's where a criminal lawyer and I will be able to um, go over and then ask the regulators, does this work? Because I don't want, I mean, like you, you might have to apply, but then, you know, it, 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 see, that's the, that's the darn, darn catch 21 that they haven't done yet or you know, catch 22. Uh, it would be nice if the social equity applicant could get a certification from the state prior to having to apply. Like, you know, are you social equity or not? Let me see your docs. Yep. Or nope. You know? Yeah. yeah lack of social equity. And Brian, you know, you would need to partner. You need to partner. And, uh, it, that's a good thing to find. It, but then if you're going to be a partner, you know, our, our business plan that we had that we won uh, for Illinois, uh, it was pretty simple. It was a very simple team, similar to uh, the New Jersey winner. There was a lawyer, uh, there was a grower, and there was a social equity talent. And so that was exactly what they were looking for. And this social equity was the Illinois form of social equity. Uh, and that Illinois form of social equity may be exactly with the form of uh, in New Jersey is with a longtime resident of the area or uh, the arrest. And uh, then you have to document that. 
and and if you get it then you're great and if not nah, it stinks so uh, i'm trying to find all the social equity ones that i can um and so in, in answer to ernie's question i would say he still might be like i'm not sure if that was a disorderly person's offense i'm not sure if that was adjudicated delinquent uh, my surety, the thing that I did the most when I was a lawyer prior to becoming a purely corporate lawyer in this uh, very highly regulated industry that is American licensed cannabis, was uh, a financial litigator for a very highly regulated financially insured lending institution. So I was a bank litigator for companies that had gone wrong, and I'll go find all their money and take it back. And now I'm you know, putting all the money together and, and sending it out into social equity. Uh, it's much more fulfilling, but it's uh, they're making it up as they go. And so, you know, guys, I really did want to say thanks. I'm going to wrap this up. You're going to be sending, you're going to be getting some emails. If you want to get in touch with me on this, you know, and you want these materials and to talk with me about uh, these materials, email me at tomatcollateralbase.com. I really appreciate you guys all stopping by, and uh, I'll see you when it's 4:20 somewhere.